You are now listening to High Five the Podcast, a movie podcast for people who like other stuff too. Now let's join our hosts Q and J as they broadcast live from the writer's room. The show starts in one... Your singing is beautiful. I know. Well, I sing so much on the show um, that I thought I just wanted to lead us back in, especially for this episode, you know, with a little bit of, of a sing song, if, if you don't mind. <laughs> you got, we got that movie Sing coming out from DreamWorks uh, pretty soon. You know, people, people, I don't know if you know this, people like music. I don't know if you know this, but uh, you're an expert on musicals. <laughs> I'm such an expert on musicals. That's like uh, you were telling me the other day when we were talking, you're just like, you know what my favorite just genre of film or television is? And I'm like, what? And you were like, musicals. And, and, I, I, and, like, and I was totally not lying. Actually, about you were that. more like, musicals. <laughs> It's um, it's my Will Forte, if you will. Yeah, um, it is your Will Forte. <laughs> it is your Will Forte. So it's like you got to sing like the Fantastics or something. That it's like, ooh, the songs of the something fantasticals. <laughs> like that's the thing is that I know musicals to uh-huh. a degree. Um, I have watched many movie adaptations. <laughs> I have been present yeah. for musicals. Um, I've seen many musicals. I know what music is. What I don't do very well is remember what the songs are. Perfect. So, you know, like Phantom of the Opera has so many beautiful songs. But when you I, just don't know what they yeah. are. But like when I hear them, I'm like, yeah, that's beautiful. Way to go, Rodgers and Hammersmith. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then... And then people, I know people who just like memorize every word, and they're like, "Oh, right. the themes in this song are great," and I'm like, "That one's pretty." <laughs> <laughs> I like music, That's and you know what? I you know what I find super odd about music that music of the night, especially considering out of the two of us, you're definitely the music aficionado. So you are the one. It, like anytime you and I will listen to a song, or you want to sh- play a new song for me, you're always like, "Listen to the lyrics, man. Yeah. Listen to the musical composition of this." And I'm like, "Check out this new musical," and you're like, "Yeah, whatever." <laughs> I don't say "Yeah, whatever." I say, "Cool, neat. Let's talk whatever. about something else." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But no, I, I find mean, it odd that you have some sort of weird disconnect there. I'm not gonna lie; it's extremely odd for how much I love music and how much I love movies. That I have very little in the vin- way in the Venn diagram yeah. of the middle of you that You would funnel. think that those two things would just naturally coalesce for They you. would marry so well together, yet just for like whatever reason. Peanut butter and steak. Yeah, for whatever. <laughs> Ew. That just sounds <laughs> Topped with crab. Mm. Mm. That costs at least $12 extra. At Outback um, Steakhouse. You, have, out, to, uh, you yeah. have to promote us yeah. now. I mean, well, you have to. If it Ruth Chris, uh, it's at least thirty dollars extra. Did you and see then, that? We just got two new sponsors yeah. on the show. And I don't know if everyone knows this. Uh, at Ruth's Chris, if you go in and you order food to to round out the experience, they just punch you right in the dick. Just right in the just dick. Right yeah. there. You would think they would do that at Dick's Last Resort. That's three <laughs> restaurants now. <laughs> Sponsored. But they don't. Yeah. Sp- you know what? Surprisingly, not a lot of dick touching at Dick's Last Resort. <laughs> <laughs> A shocking amount <laughs> a of shocking a, sh- a shocking, shocking deficit <laughs> right, of, of dick, dick touching at <laughs> Dick's Last Resort. Yeah, weird. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree. The, the whole the <laughs> that's whole their new slogan: <laughs> Dick's Last Resort. We won't touch your dick. <laughs> <laughs> a surprisingly little amount of dick touching. <laughs> now featuring one hundred percent more dick touching. Yeah. 
on the flip side of that, Hooters, tons of dick touching. <laughs> but it's usually self-dick touching. Also, surprisingly, not a lot of Hooters. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I haven't seen a single owl in that place ever. Yeah. Ever. And I took my binoculars and everything. <laughs> they came in handy, but not for the I had owls. my bird guide out. <laughs> And you're like, hey, where are all the Hooters? And the waiters is like, I don't know. I went to Twin Peaks the other day, started talking backwards. They threw me out. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Twin Peaks and then realized the food is awful. Yeah. And then walked out. I was like, I would like to have a piece of cherry pie <laughs> and a damn fine cup of coffee. One of the weirdest things about Twin Peaks is once I walked in, just wearing what I normally wear, which is low cutoff jean shorts and a and a corduroy, not corduroy, and a, uh, and a camouflage shirt tied up around my man boobs. Yeah, of course. They were not appreciative. They didn't like uh, it? No, they actually put me behind the bar. <laughs> <laughs> and try to make me work there. Gotcha. And I was like, I just wanted like a shitty burger, and they're like, Oh, well, we have tons of that. Yeah, here you can yeah. have that. And so we were um, just trying to help help you out. But I have to agree one hundred percent that it's it's weird how little knowledge I have of movie musicals um, and musicals in general. Yeah. Given how big of a fan I am of music. And movies. And I will say, while it's weird for you, it's fabulous for me that I know so much about musicals <laughs> just in general. Well, uh, one thing that I, I chalk it up to, and this isn't a slight to anybody because I was not in musical theater in high school. I was in theater. Like, I was in the drama plays. But not <laughs> I in, sat in a know, theater as a But child. I wasn't in, in um, movie I wasn't in the musical theater. So when like when we would do Oklahoma, when we would do the sound of music right. or when we would do like, you know, cat on a hot tin roof or whatever. Um, <laughs> what about cat on a cold wooden roof? Yeah. No, I, I'm not a big fan of Marmot on a cold wooden roof. <laughs> um, but I was always otherwise disposed. Like a sports season was going on and I was on that team so it couldn't right. be in the musical. You're too busy Friday night lights and I I really I really was, unfortunately. And so I, those were Getting my, crippled is yeah, what I those mean. Those were my. I <laughs> <laughs> was Jason Street all over that. Um, but yeah, so all my friends who were in the movie musicals, you know, just lauded over these musicals. They knew every word. The musical sure. theater and people who loved was a that, big deal. Yeah, and people who loved that avenue. Those were the people that memorized all those songs. So I can watch and appreciate Les, Les Miserables, but I'm not going to know all the lyrics. I'm not going to know all the songs. I can sit and appreciate it and like it and enjoy it, but right. I'm not going to be able to sing along. So of course. there's definitely a gap in my knowledge. Now, when it comes to television, I know a lot more of those songs. Boom. So let me stop you right there because you're about to roll us yeah. into a segue, and that's my job. Okay. Do you – hold on. Segway? No. Oh. <laughs> but you know what we can do instead of a segue right Where this second? We, we can fucking high five. I would love to fucking Let's high, high five, five the shit out about this. This is high five number two of season mm -hmm. number two. Yes, this is 2.2 or 202, depending on how you name your television series. Or, as we like to call it, the one with all the musical episodes. Nice. High five. Should we high five? High five! High five! High five! High five! High five, son! Woo! High five! And we are back, 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 back in our musical episode. Episode so great. And so to finish our conversation from right before we high fived and went on that weird pause right. that we always do, where we just completely shut down mentally and physically right. while our intro plays. Right. Um, our segue is today we're talking about TV musicals, best TV musicals. Now let me. 
put this out there. Musical Susan. episodes. There we go. Aha. That's because uh, I had to clarify to my wife because she was like, there aren't a lot of TV musicals. There's a couple like Crazy yes. Ex Girlfriend would be one that we talked yeah. about before we started sure. recording. Um, that is a TV musical. Yes. What we're talking about is episodes within a TV series run that are musical episodes. Yes. That are based either around the theme of a musical or have musical components Correct. that make up the majority of the episode. It is music that is outside of the normal run of that television series. Exactly. So we are choosing episodes, and because this is season two, and as we talked about on our other stuff too, we are introducing television-themed top five We're lists. expanding, bitches. I love it. I love and it. It's and like non-bitches. It's not like we've run out of movies to talk about. No. We're still going to have those lists every month too, but now we're adding television talk as well. It was just all those tweets and messages that we were getting where they were like hey we like you guys so much can you produce more content on more subjects exactly and we reached out to chris hardwick and we're like hey we want to host like talking tv and he was like no and so that was pretty much the end of that conversation so we're like, Fine. So we're like we'll do it yeah, whatever. yeah we'll just do it we know i watch a lot of tv you watch a lot of tv you proposed this topic to me so do you want to tell me why i do yeah so basically i love musicals shocker Ooh. uh i'm doing jazz hands right now People That's can't the see thing. that. We're actually both doing jazz hands for the entirety of this episode. The whole thing. So if you think you've got the stamina to keep up with us, we invite you to also do jazz hands the entire time you listen Especially to this Especially if you're driving to work. <laughs> yes, please. Or in a public space. Just <laughs> throw those hands up and wiggle those fingers. Let's see some if real spirit out there. If you're on the subway in New York or you're on the T in Boston, just jazz hands while you have your earbuds in. Yep. People will know what's going on. It's fantastic. Or yep. somebody might... Uh, well, if you if you're on the subway, then a perv might come up to you and just stick their crotch in your hand <laughs> while you just two two <laughs> different perverts. Yeah. Like you get is that surprising for the subway teams. in Boston or New York? <laughs> it's not okay. It is not. So uh, basically, I wanted to talk about TV episode or musical episodes of television. So I figured that was a cool way to uh, incorporate uh, and kind of uh, saying uh, a lot uh, 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 to send off. Our new kind of section yeah. or segment. And I also think, and this is just something I've thought in my own mind of minds, is that because I sing so much on the podcast, unasked for, yes, you want to give me an excuse to do it more yes. um, and embarrass me thoroughly. Yes, so and I was I'm also thinking it. that it's a, it's a really good way to tie in movies and television. It's something that movies already do because we have movie musicals, and it's something that's very unique when television shows do it. Yes. And they have these cool, weird, in, um, just bizarre, out there musical episodes. So now for you, mm -hmm. what what make because when a TV show does a musical episode, there has to be a, a really good framing device around that. I disagree. I see – I think but that's because you're a musical hater. I am no, no, not so much that I'm a musical hater, but in order for it to not feel extremely outside the continuity of the show, yeah. Let me give an example. I like the show Psych. Okay. So I, I really James Roday, and I think I think it's a funny show. Sure. They have a musical episode which I have not included in my list because okay. it was a Christmas special that was like it messed with the continuity of the show it stood alone as sure. a special and didn't really fit in I with feel the like that is 100% viable to be on this list though. I mean and that's fine I did not the include main, it in my list Right the main reason I say that is because there is no television show that exists that is not already a musical television show where it makes sense or is in normal continuity for the show to suddenly be a musical except for if they are performing 
some sort of musical in the show. That's on the nose. Oh, and there's a couple other devices, which I think we'll talk about, so I won't name specific so that's why examples. That w- that's the only reason I said that. Like, I don't mind whatever, however they get to the music, I'm totally fine it with. It doesn't matter. Whatever I vehicle we drive so in. so excited. <laughs> when I hear that a TV show is going to do a musical episode, I get fucking just full of glitter and <laughs> fucking tap shoes. See, I have to, and I have to disagree on that because for me, the structure and the framing device matter a whole lot. So if it's just an episode where for no reason at all they are singing and dancing uh-huh. and it makes no sense, then that pulls me out of the continuity of that show. So if there's a framing device like, oh, they're putting on a musical or, oh, it's Glee, you know, and obviously Glee is not included in these lists because every episode is a musical of that show. Sure. And I don't really like that show too much. Um, But, you know, whether it's uh, a a magical element, whether it's a a framing device of a musical or someone doing something on purpose that includes music, that to me is where – from in my list, that's where it stands out and says this makes sense and therefore is a good episode of this show. And then there's one example on my list that doesn't really match that, but I'll talk about why. Okay. So well, I'm I'm totally into it, and I am super stoked to be doing this episode. I'm glad that it's going to be our first TV related episode. I'm glad that we're well into our second season now. We're yeah. on our second episode. Um, I'm just excited in general. So I think you should kick it off by singing to me your number five. Okay. So number five is alive with the sound of Futurama. Nice. So the show is Futurama. The episode is The Devil's Hands or Idle Playthings. Yep. It. Uh, I know that episode well. It's a great episode. Now, let me add some caveats in here of why it's so far down on my list, because it's very much considered one of the best episodes of that entire show. Okay. Not just the best musical episode, but of the entire show. Totally. Now, when that episode was written, it was the end of season four or five, and it was when the show was getting canceled on Fox. Yep. And it was they didn't know if they were getting picked up by Comedy Central yet or not, and then they did, and they extended the show for another, I think, five seasons or some nonsense. Um, But that episode was supposed to be the end of that show. Right. And they wrote it in a beautiful, beautiful way. Now, the reason for me that it's low on the list is that one does have a framing device. It's around Fry learning a musical instrument to impress uh, Lena. Lena? Yeah. Okay. I thought so. I was like, for some reason it sounded wrong when I said it, but most things sound wrong when I say them. And – but only really no, Leela. Leela. Damn it. I knew it was wrong. Um, the third. Put down your Twitters, uh, everybody. The third act of that show is really the only musical part of it. Correct. Like he plays the holophone, which, by the way, the holophone is such a beautifully genius, so Futurama thing to do. Totally. And I want it to exist so bad. In real life. So bad I want that to exist. But so the reason that. Most of my other ones are musicals throughout the entire episode, which to me makes them qualify a little bit better because I actually love this episode. I mean, it received Emmy nominations for the song I Want My Hands Back, the operatic piece that ends the show. Right. Um, And then, you know, it, again, it's considered one of the best episodes of that show, but it's only act three that's really the musical. So that, to me, pushed it further down the list than some of these others. Um, You know, I loved... 
I love the little touches they put in. And Futurama was great about this. That you know, it's not really a spinoff of The Simpsons, but it's written by the same creative team. Sure, almost like Family Guy and American Dad. Yeah, you know, they both have their aspects that are very funny or very enjoyable. And whether or not you like Family Guy or American Dad, they're not synonymous. But you can tell they're in the same realm of comedy. Yeah, absolutely. Futurama has this it's very ability. scatological comedy. <laughs> yes. Futurama has this very scientific, smart way of doing comedy, and the lines are just so beautiful, like so funny. There's one you line. You use the word beautiful a lot I when know. describing Futurama. I, well, it is. Uh, to me, it's, it is. Okay. It's just the way that they frame it, the way that they structure Like one of the lines in it is like, you can't have your characters just announce how they feel. That makes me feel so angry. <laughs> it's just like the little touches and the little wordplay that they put in there. Sure. I think is just – is just Brilliant. great. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. if you will. Um, so that, to me, I love the storyline with Fry. You know, he spins the wheel where he can change yes. his hands with a robot. It ends on the robot devil, and he's like, I just put my name on there. It's a good gesture. <laughs> and then he, then the devil hates Fry's hands because they're terrible, and Fry becomes this world-renowned holophone player. Right. The little touch that I think is the funniest part of that whole episode is the holophone, for anyone who's not familiar with Futurama, it looks like a big clarinet, but when you play it, it projects a holographic scene that matches the music. And if you play badly, the holographic scene goes off the wire. And if you perform well, it's very beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> Even when he's doing the opera at the end of the episode, the actors in the holographic portrayal are wearing shitty opera costumes. Yeah. Because it's like Bender and Leela and him, and the guy's just wearing like a cardboard box, but it's a holograph. Right. I thought that was so funny. And just such a little thing that you know someone in the writer's room was like, well, what if they're designed like this? And it was like, yes, that's just yes. so great. And uh, the title, you know, The Devil's Hands are Idle Playthings. I, right. I think that's just great. So that to me, it's, it's number five, a, a, a solid five on the list. There wasn't even an almost something could beat it out. Solid. You know, so that to me. Number five. I like it, man. I think that's a really good choice. I like Futurama in general. Mm -hmm. um, I think that show is super, super funny. It really is. I really enjoyed that episode as well. I know exactly what you're talking about. And yeah, I mean, just to add on it, I just I know as well. I um, that that was the season or the series in right, and they actually wrote in almost every character from the series, yep. even into, the background because right. they go to Fry's opera at the end. The, even the newspaper kid comes back, and they and every kid, no, nothing feels forced. Right, they all have a natural way to be in there. But and, that was their way of signing off and yeah. being done with the series. And the the end of the show is. It, hate to say it, but it's beautiful because the whole show is Fry in love with Leela. Right. The whole series is that. And, you know, they have their episodic runs. And the end of that episode is Fry losing his hands, getting them back because the devil tricks him or the robot devil right. tricks him. And then Leela stays and wants to hear the end of the opera. And he plays badly and it's like super squiggly stick figures. Right. But it's him confessing his love for Leela and then the stick figures kiss and walk off into the sunset together and that's the end of the show. Right. And it's it's not doesn't end on a joke. It doesn't end on something bombastic. It ends with two characters that you care about doing something that you've waited for. Right. And there's no real resolution. You don't know if they get together after right. that. You just know that Leela cares knows enough about now. Fry and right. now she knows. Right. And it was super interesting. I also really love Robot Hell. Oh man, Robot Hell. Dan Castanella as the robot devil is always a highlight in that show for me. 
Um, and one of the things that Futurama did well, and Simpson has this too, and that's what I think a lot of the animation nowadays is missing. Like animation that I gravitate towards, you know, like Gravity Falls or Adventure Time or, you know, things like that. Sure. That they are starting to incorporate. Uh, um, Clarence does this and a couple others is they incorporate really deep emotional concepts. Absolutely. That's what Family Guy and, and Cleveland Show and, and all they those, lack. The, yeah, they don't have that. And that's fine. That's not what McFarlane wants. Sure. But Futurama, I think, has some of the best emotional beats in any animated show, even above The Simpsons, in my opinion. I will agree. I, I've always liked, and I'm sure people are going to tweet at me for this, but I've always liked Futurama better than The Simpsons. It feels a little smarter. It does feel smarter. It feels smarter. It feels more um, on the point. I and feel like sometimes... self-contained almost, because it's a future yeah. show. And s sometimes for me, The Simpsons feels kind of um, shotgun blast in a sense that like they're just kind of throwing out a whole bunch of jokes and whatever sticks, sticks. But I feel like Futurama was very, like, methodically mm -hmm. plotted. And yeah. so its storylines feel very intentional. Right. And they're driving characters in a certain way where I sometimes feel like you can watch one episode of The Simpsons and then watch another episode of The Simpsons and it doesn't. It and is completely inconsequential to the right. entire series. And you can kind of do that on Futurama, but there's also little things in each episode which drive characters yeah. forward. Now, to be fair, Simpsons has run for 20-some-odd years. Sure. And that you have to factor that in because the first ten year season run of The Simpsons is self contained, it's character driven. They're building universe, they're building Springfield as a town. Absolutely. And and Futurama only had nine seasons, so they were able to do that without going off the rails. Well, originally four seasons, right? Yeah. Yes, this, and when this episode ran was four seasons, right? Um, so I feel like they had a little bit of a uh, of of a benefit in sure. that regard because they didn't to say it in a better way, run out of things to say or stories to tell. Yeah, they and had so I think content. they had that benefit. I, I absolutely agree. So I can't I, – I totally – I can't fault your number five pick. I think it's okay. solid. So now, the next one, number four. Oh. Number four mm. is community. Ooh. Regional holiday music. Love it. Okay, so you know. Yep. How much of a fan of community? Oh, I for am. sure. I think it's one of the. It, it's up there, in my opinion, with writing styles and writing chops with like Arrested Development and some of those. True. I think Dan Harmon was able to write and produce that show in such a smart way that has rewatchability. That's what I love in television shows. Oh, for a, a fact. A man. I can't tell you how many times I've rerun through Community and will still continue to rerun through the entirety of Community. And you find new things every time because the jokes are so quick or they hide things. My, one of my favorite stories to tell about Community, I know I've told you, but I'll tell listeners, is over the first three seasons of Community, in every Halloween episode, someone mentions Beetlejuice. Huh, I didn't know that. Well, here, here's where it gets crazy. They mentioned Beetlejuice once in every Halloween episode. In the third season, in the Halloween episode, when someone mentions Beetlejuice for the third time, someone walks across the background dressed as Beetlejuice. Hilarious. So they say him three times, and he appears. So that joke, that's, they're in for the long con. Just like Arrested Development. Arrested yeah. Development had that premise as well, where they would make jokes in the first season that paid off in season three. Right. And you know when Dan Harmon lost the showrunner position, I was very, very sad. He came back for the end, and I thought ended it in a great way. It was very moving, and the characters all had ends to their arcs, even though we lost people like Donald Glover right. and um, his and was Shirley. actually uh, 
still really funny when he left the show. Yeah. He sailed off on a ship <laughs> with Lamar Burton. But do you remember the name of the ship? I vaguely, but remind it was me. it was I think it was called the Childish. Yes, yeah, for Childish Cambino because he right. was leaving to pursue music right. and his other efforts. And I was and like, that's hilarious and well yeah. well thought. And side note, congrats on to Donald Glover for his Golden Globe nomination. Oh, for sure. Um, for Atlanta, which is a, be- a great show. I almost said beautiful. It's a great, very well produced, very funny, and ex- expertly written show. Yes. So congrats to him for that. Congrats to him for his new Childish Gambino record, which is one of my favorite records of the year. And congrats on his uh, Lando Calrissian grab for the young Han Solo yeah. movie. Also, congrats on just being a, a solid Solid, dude. solid dude, solid creative, performer, creative genius. Okay, back to my number four yes. pick: regional holiday music. This one is their Glee spoof. Yes, which I I think it's great. It sort of kills three birds with one stone. Is that it's a musical episode, it's a Christmas episode, and it's a Glee parody all at the same time, and it fits so well for sure. Um, Taron Killam is amazing as the Glee director. Who, spoiler alert, you find out killed the Glee club on purpose in the season before. And you find out in this episode that he did that. Um, but another thing that I love about it, and just because I'm a fan of Childish Gambino, is they have a Christmas rap for Donald Glover's character. Oh, yeah. And you know he wrote it. You oh, know for, sure. for a fact he wrote that rap. And it's great. It is great. It's, it's great. And it's about Donald Glover's character in that show, Troy, is Mormon. No, he's a Jehovah's Witness. He is Je- and they don't celebrate Christmas. Right. So the way they write his character into the Christmas Glee performance is that he's undercover to learn about Christmas to bring it down from the inside. So factoid, now that you're mentioning it, that's actually how Donald Glover was raised as well. Jehovah's Witness? Yep. I don't think I knew that. Yep. He sure was. I he like grew it. up and he that was part of his comedy. That's why he knows that yeah. lifestyle is because that was his parents. So he had very limited uh, television access as a kid, very limited music access. Wow. Um, which is even more mind blowing, right? When you think about the type of entertainer that he became, so he didn't really have any of the influences. But what made him so creative? I actually heard this on—I think it was an NPR interview with him. Um, he was talking about growing up that he actually didn't watch. He didn't get to see a lot of movies. He didn't watch hardly any television. Um, but what he did was he would have to make up things that kids at school were talking about. <laughs> So basically, he would go and they'd be like, did you watch this episode of The Simpsons last night? That's crazy. And he'd go home and he'd be like, yeah, The Simpsons. And then he would be like, hmm, Bart is probably married to Marge and they have this little child named Maggie. And then Homer is his best friend. He's stupid. And so he would literally come up with all these creative things and basically have to kind of make the episodes for himself. Wow. And I think that's what... I have no doubt that's what led to him being so creative and having such that creative mind is because he's to get enjoyment yeah. and entertainment. He had to make it. That's so mind blowing considering how much of his music and writing is based off of pop culture. I know it's mind blowing. It totally makes sense though. When you think of it too, because he, uh, let's say it's like the, the, uh, the preacher's kids 
that are oh, completely right. sheltered from shit in life. When they become adult, they tend to go haywire. They go off the rails. And so I think that's what he did. I think he just inundated, when yeah. he became an adult and was able to, he inundated himself with pop culture. So he had this he had this creative juices that he built and stored up in a, a bottle. Um, now Donald Glover's creative juice has to sponsor our show. That's right. Um, but he, it's delicious but, and refreshing. He had all those muscles already, and then he just overloaded himself he overdosed on pop culture but he had the creative chops to then to use those building blocks with the muscles he already had i love it does that not I, make you love him more it does it really does donald will you go to prom with me this is my prom proposal. no both of us both okay of us. yes not both. just you okay, for both of us uh donald childish uh mr gambino please uh accept our proposal uh, as we've uh, we've factored this entire podcast around this one moment. This is our whole promposal yes. for Donald Glover. Yeah, hashtag so. Donald for prom. Yeah, Don- <laughs> childish prom Gino. Um, so yeah, so back to yeah. community. This is back to community. Uh, I I love the episode. One thing that is a little side note is Dan Harmon has such a good eye for parody and satire, which he fluctuates between in the show. And this episode's no different. But I love that he makes a Doctor Who and Star Wars Christmas special joke at the exact same time. Hell yeah! It it's and you know I love Doctor Who's got a bunch of references in Community. And oh I yeah, because they have Inspector, Inspector Space, Space Time. Time. But when when Abed is watching the Inspector Space Time Christmas special, they're talking about how bad it is, and they have a holographic music video. Exactly, and it, and it fits in that realm, and is also a nod to the Star Wars Christmas totally. special, which just blew my it's brilliant. mind. And that episode is also produced by the Russo Brothers. Who we now know as big, giant Hollywood movie director Russo Brothers. So when you tell people, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, the Russo Brothers from Community, the directors of uh, Captain America Civil War, no one will believe you. And Captain America Winter Soldier? Yeah, the two best Captain Americas. And the upcoming uh, Avengers Infinity Wars. Yeah, they took over directing duties on that from Josh Josh Whedon. Whedon. Josh Whedon's? Cool whip, <laughs> saying what, what way? You know what probably sounds good in people's ears? Us just breathing super heavily into the microphone as we talk. Welcome to season two, everybody. <laughs> We're pushing boundaries and your eardrums. But well, I mean, especially with this episode, it's a little bit higher than the Futurama one because this is themed around them joining sure. Glee, and every character has. A song that not only applies to that character, but is also a very catchy song. I think one of my favorites is Allison Bree's uh, Marilyn Monroe Santa Baby, like spoof song. And they they so overplay the sexuality of it that literally at the end of the song she goes boopy doopy doop doop sex. <laughs> yep. And they just say sex. and it's awesome and it's so funny. And then Shirley's song is a child choir singing yeah. about Jesus, and she's like Happy Birthday Jesus. It's yep. So it just epitomizes so their characters. And then I love that the end of the episode is that um, Gillian Michaels can't sing. And that's what breaks the spell of everyone being in right. Glee is that she sucks so bad that it pulls everyone out of the musical because she can't sing. Right. And I don't know Gillian's like personal singing styles or abilities, but in that show, little known fact <coughs> about Gillian Jacobs okay. or Gillian Jacobs, however you want to oh, say. Oh, I said Gillian Michaels, Gillian. didn't I? Yeah. I, oops. Uh, I'm gonna say, uh, or I'm gonna let you fill you in. Also raised Seventh Day Adventist. Really? No. And. Okay. <laughs> 
never got to watch television. <laughs> really? And or listen to music and became a musical powerhouse recently and was also cast as Han Solo in the I, new I love Han it. Solo movie. If you haven't picked up Gillian Jacobs' solo album, you should totally do it's it. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, she goes by the moniker of adult Hambino. <laughs> <laughs> that was awful. That was awful. <laughs> just just awful. <laughs> God in heaven. Oh, well, I tried. <laughs> I tried. Sometimes you reach for the stars, and sometimes you fall short. <laughs> it not, happens. Yeah. Um, but I'm leaving it in, so fuck you, no, listeners. that's fine. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're the editing. You're, you edit these, so you can leave in whatever you want. You can cut out all my funny jokes and only leave in your <laughs> bad ones. I edit it if you guys enjoy the show. If you hate it, Jay edits it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, let's put that out there. But and, and especially with this episode, Dan Harmon's writing chops are yeah. just on full display. For sure. I think Joel McHale at one point is talking about musicals at, or Glee Club, and he's saying it's equal parts Manson and Hanson. Yes. Which is so clever. So clever girl. full of brevity, but it's so clever and so funny and so on the nose. It's I agree. so right. So. I'm with you. So you're number four. Solid number four. Solid keeping, number four. Keeping this gravy train on biscuit wheels rolling. Yeah. Yeah. I like that Bill Murray reference. Thank I know. You. Me too. It was really good. Thank you. So number three, yep. um, as I continue this story of tonight, is story of tonight. Hamilton. <clears throat> <laughs> just i like that you announce what musical it is yeah. after you sing it's like so, this is the music of the night phantom of the opera i just imagine that uh, I, a i'm surprised that you knew the song from phantom of the opera after saying that you didn't it's <laughs> like the one i know but also i'm just imagining that our entire audiences are just made up of jays probably so that's why i'm like you're all hamilton <laughs> <laughs> look it up Oklahoma. <laughs> Educate yourself. <laughs> Educate yourself. Uh, so my number three is The Simpsons. It's from The Simpsons. All right. I just thought it, my number no, three is The Simpsons. Just The Simpsons. We've mentioned The Simpsons Little already. did you know, The Simpsons raised Seventh-day Adventists. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Didn't watch a lot of television. I don't know if you know this, but uh, Homer Simpson was raised Amish. Yeah. Um, no never, electricity. No electricity or music right. whatsoever. All praying um, in the streetlights. <laughs> so the episode that I – Simpsons actually have a couple musical Churn episodes. Churning butter day and night. Uh, nice. Uh, Weird Al. <laughs> 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 oh god oh god um so the episode title for this one is simpson califragilistic expialidocious ah, uh, yeah clever <clears throat> very clever and it was also some may nom- say beautiful i jay would say <laughs> some jay say well, like i said our entire beautiful. audience i'm just assuming is made up of jays so well i think we've mentioned in a previous episode that our entire audience is me Right. So I just turn this our podcast on on multiple computers. To, <laughs> That's it. To drive up the and numbers. Just in a beautiful round. Yeah. It's it's awesome. Um but this is another episode nominated for an Emmy for outstanding musical direction. But this is the episode where they do the Mary Poppins spoof. Damn you, Matt Groening. I know. You just Groening, racking Groening. in this racking in yeah. them Emmys. Bunnies from hell. Um but this is the Mary Poppins spoof. The with yeah. Sherry Bobbins. Yep, Sherry Let's Bobbins. With, uh, um and then I love that they corrupt her. Throughout the course of the show, like that's the premise is she comes to fix them and then they end up corrupting her and driving her insane to being an alcoholic. Right. And then um, I love that she gets hit by a bus. I mean, a plane at the end yeah. when she's flying, flying off with her umbrella. Yeah. And but this one is so good because 
this is one that doesn't really match the framing device that I talked about earlier. This is the one that doesn't because the first one is about Fry putting on an opera. Sure. Um, Community is about them joining the Glee Club, so it has that framing device. Sure. This one is literally just a spoof of Mary Poppins, so of course they add music into it. Sure. Um, but they take all the songs and crib them and change them just enough, so they have you know like a spoonful of sugar turns into cut corners. <laughs> right. Cut every corner, and I, that's one of my favorite songs on the whole episode. It's like cut. Every corner you'll have more time to play. <laughs> like it's like, isn't that the American way? It's hey, that was pretty good, man. I know. I'm actually going out for the fall musical. We're gonna make it to regionals. Whoop! All we're, the way. We're going all we're the way. Coming for you, regionals. And um, one thing actually I found out about this episode that I really think is interesting is Eric Stefani from No Doubt uh-huh. is an animator, and I he did not know that worked part time on The Simpsons. And he helped direct the musical production and staging of this episode. What? Yeah. That's a totally true thing. Eric Stefani from No Doubt is an animator, worked, helped out on The Simpsons, and helped with this specific episode for the musical aspects of it. That's super cray-cray. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Mind blown. And then also I read um, that they reached out to Julie Andrews to actually do the Sherry Bobbins character, uh-huh. and she wanted to, but was on Broadway at the time. I thought you were gonna be like, and she was like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> no, no, she wanted to do it. Which I think, if anyone reaches out, like anyone from The Simpsons reaches out to you, and it's like, "Hey, we want you to be on the show," you're like, "Oh yeah, one hundred percent, totally." Not um, us though. Yeah. <laughs> Not us. You can't get high five like that. Nope. You got. You got to get that green. That's right. Those dollar dollar bills. We y'all. only speak cash. <laughs> cash money. Cash money. That millionaire. That rules our world. Yep. Um, but yeah, so that's that's my number three. I like it, man. So far, you got a solid five through three. I I really like it. So I you want to run back through it? So I do, please. Um, number five was the Devil's Hands or Idle Playthings from Futurama. Nice. Number four is regional holiday music from Community. Nice. Um, and then number three is Simpson Califragilistic Expialidocious. Docious from The Simpsons. I love it. I so think that's, that's really solid, man. That's my five, four, three. I think it's super solid. Now let me lay my musical expertise upon your yeah, face let's, hole. Let's do it. I mean, you're you're the musical guy between the two of us, so Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that intriguing setup and lead in. You're the musical guy, so There you go. Yeah. Passing the baton. Excellent. All right, so my number five is Supernatural. Ooh. The episode fan fiction, which nice. is their 200th episode of the show. Wow. Yeah, crazy, right? I didn't. I mean, I know that show's popular, but I didn't realize they'd made it to 200 episodes. Two, honey. That's. Bi- I mean, making it to 100 episodes. Two, is, honey. Is big. They're on. I think it's like season 12 now. Wow. wow. Not that I have anything against yeah. that show, but wow, I Isn't didn't that even crazy? know it was around that long. Yeah. Well, each of their seasons too, they're a long running show, so they like their seasons are long. So they do like, I think it's between twenty two and twenty four episodes a season. See, that's an interesting thing, and we can talk about this on another episode, but like, you know, you get some of the non network television shows like, you know, Breaking Bad or Game of right. Thrones or Westworld and they have like ten episodes, fourteen episodes. Sure. And then you get into shows like on the CW or Fox or, you know, like The Flash. Where their season is you know, 24 episodes. The Flash is one that we watch. Yeah. 20-some-odd like oh yeah, episodes. Easy to binge, hard to catch up with. Absolutely, because there's just so much content. That's one of the reasons that we, as a family, have not gotten into Supernatural yet. Because there's so much to catch up with 
that it feels like an insurmountable feat. Sure, like you're like, we can watch. Oh, like we'll watch Penny Dreadful and be like, oh, there's only three seasons. Well, I mean, if you break it down, you're like, that's two hundred hours of Supernatural yeah. that I need to watch. We feel the same way about Arrow. I really like Arrow, but there are six seasons of twenty five episodes each, and it's so much easier to be like, oh, well, let me just binge watch you Westworld. Would literally need to watch it for eight twenty four yeah. hour days straight. And then the seasons are continuing to go on. Yeah. So there's no way to catch up. No. It's, so you're like, that, fuck it. Yeah. Shows that have three seasons, there's like, oh, I can totally do that. Yeah, Penny Dreadful, let's do this. Now, I will say this. Sometimes for me, and I know we've talked about in our discussion of these musical episodes, sometimes for me, a love for a show or a love for a musical episode can transcend my love for a show. Right. So overall, I like Supernatural. Mm-hmm. I think it's okay. I mean, we're not doing a top five TV no. shows. Episode. But that's something I want to impress upon because I know so far in most of the ones that you've talked about, you're like, I love The Simpsons. I love, you know, right. uh, whatever your other list was. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> uh, community. I love Community. I love Futurama. Um, but for this, I don't love, like, I'm not a huge Supernatural file. You right. know what I mean? Um, I did watch several. I'm not a soupy. I watched several of the seasons. I enjoyed it. I lost somewhere around um, some, like, big creature people things coming from an alternate dimension to to take over the world. It was – it kind of lost me. Okay. But once again, when I heard heard that they were doing a musical episode – Like, I'm in it. I was like, I don't care. I'm all in. I don't care. (laughs) I'm ready to watch it. And I watched it, and I will have to tell you this. It does help being a fan of the show to enjoy this episode – the episode name gives it all away, it being fan fiction. Right. It is straight up fan service episode. Really? Like, they just, the whole episode is just, let's reference as many things as we can from this show so that people really are like, oh, it really plays on those heartstrings. Right. Now, here's the concept of it, was, which is cool. So, the show is already a really meta show. They've had episodes where uh, Sam and Dean wake up and they are the actual actors playing an episode or filming an episode of the television show Supernatural. Okay, so, and and for anyone who's not familiar, um, Sam and Dean refer to Sam Kinison and Dean Martin. Yeah, absolutely. They're partners. The main characters in crime. So Sam Kinison like and Putin Dean and Martin. Genitals. Okay, yeah. So so Sam Kinison is like, ah, demons! Right. And, and, and Dean, Dean Martin's, Martin's like, like, hey, it'll be all right. Why don't you just come on down? So I would watch that show. Before. <laughs> uh, but basically, the show's already known for being super meta, and they supernaturally ex- meta. Yeah, supernaturally meta. They exist, but um, they exist within their own canon. So it's it's very odd. You also have people like there's a character on it uh, who is a quote unquote prophet who writes a book series called Supernatural, featuring <sighs> them as characters. But ha- he never knew them. Almost like um, with Bones, where yes. the, the series of Bones is based off of a book from an author who uses the character from Bones. And in the show Bones, she writes books using exactly. the character's name of the author. Yes. It's like a, it's like a, 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 a snake eating its own tail while solving crimes. Exactly. And being musical. Which I would also watch that show. Uh, so basically the, the setup of this show is the brothers go to this high school where they're investigating the disappearance of this teacher. And while they're there, they realize that the school is putting on a musical production of the story of the supernatural brothers. Uh, so they 
the music is done through throughout the series. Um, they have a running thing of these very like eighties, nineties power ballads. Okay. Um, I like maybe that. Even, maybe even like seventies, eighties, nineties. They have a lot of like. There's Chicago in there. A lot of okay. just like random Kansas. Nice. There's a lot of Kansas. A lot of Carry On My Wayward Son coming out of that. <laughs> a lot of dust in the wind. Um, but they have a bunch of. Uh, they have a really great soundtrack. But they uh, they have this beautiful moment um, where they're they're singing "Carry On My Wayward Son" with it's pretty much like all female voices. Ooh, that's I bet that's pretty. And it's ridiculously awesome and and tear jerky because huh. like listen, it makes it super powerful. But basically, they tell the whole story up until the point that they're of at the, the school of ah. the series. Um, for the most part, they tell the story of how the brothers, you know, came to be and what happened to their mother. And it's all this interesting stuff, but it's done through this high school musical production aesthetic. So, so they have device. Yeah. So they have these like, you know, they're riding in a cardboard car and, you know, <laughs> uh, it's, it's these girls dressed up as Sam and Dean and they've got like, you know, uh, painted on beard stubble <laughs> and they're dressed up as these characters and it's super interesting. It's super, super interesting. Um, I like that. I mean, like I said, I mentioned it earlier. I like when there's a good framing device because I mean, this proves not proves my point, but goes towards my point where having that good framing device gives it a reason to be a musical episode. Yeah, and, and I agree. I mean, it's it. Like I said, it doesn't matter to me whether or not a show warrants a musical mm-hmm. episode, but it does help when yeah. when that it is framed in a way that makes it. You know, it, it emphasizes the story right. points. Um, but uh, basically, there's there's just a really bunch of awesome um, references to the show. So if you're a fan, it's just full of fan service stuff. But if you're not, it's just really cool. It almost like plays a, a music. like a previously on. Yeah, for like the whole episode, <laughs> yeah. which is great. And actually, I, I take that back. It's not the whole episode. The whole episode is pretty much the the troubled production of this play because mm-hmm. something's happening in the school that's supernatural. Um, ah. But the show ends <laughs> with basically the performance nice. of the musical that they've been working nice. on. And it ends and it's, and it's really awesome. So that's my number five. Okay. Uh, supernatural fan fiction. Awesome. So number four, I can flip over to find this again. My number four is it's always sunny. Nice. The Nightman Cometh. Nice. That's a great episode. Which is fucking hilarious. Uh, it's 13th and last episode of the fourth season of It's Always Sunny. Um, and as we know, uh, it is pitching. Basically, the framing device is there is a musical that they are mounting a production that Charlie of, is written. That Charlie has written, right. And he may or may not have ulterior motives behind it. Correct. But... Uh, Basically, the gist is that they are putting on this production of The Nightman Cometh, (laughs) which (coughs) I have watched uh, It's Always Sunny sporadically. Oh, I love that show. But I watched – this is one of the episodes that I just randomly caught, and it's actually what caused me to watch other episodes because I just found this one. It'll do that. It's a strong episode of that show. But the songs in this are – hilarious yes and they're uh surprisingly catchy and allude their allusion to or alluding to 
molestation of little boys <laughs> yes. and singing De- Dan or seeing Danny DeVito sing about uh, tr- I got to pay the toll if you want to get into this. You got to pay the troll toll if you got to want to get into this boys, boys hole. hole. Right. And it's, it, there's a whole bit about it's boys soul. soul. Right. It's but boys it's, soul. he sings it. And it sounds like boys hole. Right. Um, so there's not really a lot that I can say on that. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of bat- background information on the episode right? regarding <laughs> its creation or anything <laughs> like that. Other than it's a very fucking funny episode. It is re- I, I highly recommend it to anyone who either hasn't watched that show or if you just haven't seen that episode in a long time. It's worth a revisit. So that's so that's kind of short. That's why <laughs> it, it netted low on my list. I'm not a huge It's Always Sunny fan. Right. I thought it was funny. This episode was particularly funny, um, and I thought the musical was funny. So that's my number four. I love it. Uh, now, my number three, I am a bit more knowledgeable on. Okay. And that is going to be Scrubs, my musical. Okay. See, that one's one that I knew of, uh-huh. um, but was never a big Scrubs oh, devotee. Man. I watched Scrubs beginning to end, <laughs> even when it started to go into its shitty-ass ninth season. <laughs> Is that when they changed networks? Yeah, they changed networks and cast and basically, like, reformatted the whole show. It became about, like, new interns and uh, Zach Braff and and the other doctors are now, like, teaching doctors at a medical school. And it's just... Just a way more enjoyable Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. It (laughs) it just went really stupid. Yeah. But Bill Lawrence, the creator of Community, is another one that I think is a fucking genius. He ranks right up there with, like, the Dan Harmons and stuff. Very smart writer. He invented. Um, oh, I don't want to say invented. He helped to kind of usher in a new era pioneered, of sitcom comedy. Yeah. Um, he basically did what Family Guy did for cartoons. Yeah. So he took real world sitcoms and made this very scatological like suddenly characters would have daydreams and and see weird shit that wasn't there for no reason. Like there's no. It was never introduced. To, okay, so Zach Braff's character has a mental, you know, disorder right. where he sees these things. No, it's just because he just does. Which let me throw this out there: this is not a musical series, but I think Andy Richter controls the universe. Oh, totally. Did it first? Yeah, they did. But and I loved that show, even how short of a run it had. I loved that show. Yeah, but yeah, but I can't say that it influenced the show. I still I don't know. Feel I won't like... say influenced the show, but they did it first. Where he just okay, Jay, we get it. You but, saw a show that happened first. Thanks for unnecessarily shitting on. But my there's pick. another show that was on HBO that did it even prior to that, where the guy's daydreams would become like manifestations in real life. Are you done? Can I finish, Kanye? No, Kanye. <laughs> can hey, I finish? Kanye's coming back for season two. Can That's I all finish? I can, tell you. can I finish? Go on. Tell uh, us no. about Scrubs. No, so basically, I don't know much about it. Yeah, it's a really good show. Super funny. Um. This what's, was what's the device, the framing device. All right, so point? the concept is that. Oh wait, the framing device of the episode or yeah. the, of the show. No, I know the show, but okay. the framing device of this musical episode. Uh, this one I believe is just a hallucination, if I remember correctly, of nice. JD. It's just one of his like daydream kind of things. Nice. There is no. Um, oh wait, you know what? That's wrong. I totally told you that wrong. So hold on. Okay, I will tell you <laughs> what this episode is about. Uh, it is about a character who has a or a patient who has a mysterious illness that is causing them to hear everyone's speech as singing. Okay, so uh, okay, a logical framing device. I like yes. it. So it does directly tie into the series. It makes sense. 
Um, but it has some amazing song sequences. Um, they had a Tony Award winning Broadway orchestrator, Doug Besterman, who came in. And the people who wrote the lyrics for it were the, uh, I don't know if you're familiar enough with musicals, but the writing team from Avenue Q. Yeah, oh, I love Avenue Q. Uh, they wrote the Named lyrics. Named you. If, if yeah, I know. It's, it's my avenue. Ah. Uh, they wrote the lyrics. They also went on to do Book of Mormon. Right. Uh, they also did Frozen. Oh, yeah, yeah. I actually did remember that. Not as popular as their other musical, uh, Jayco. Yeah. No, no that no. wasn't a big hit. It, it was just off-off-Broadway. Off it was off-off-Broadway, pretty much only in Schenectady. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. But it was a big hit in Schenectady. Oh, man, they loved it. Um, the Bermans that live on 1025 Schenectady Way were big fans of it. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so, yeah, so basically that's that's kind of the gist, and it's just full of just – it's not beautiful like Futurama. <laughs> it's just full of funny, witty character moments. and Which is Scrubs in the and Catchy songs. Um, Scrubs was another one of those shows that – did have an underlying kind of heart to it. Mm-hmm. So they would deal with some very serious yeah. kind of things. I do uh, remember death that. and, you know, broken hearts and like actual kind of serious subject matter, but also with it. So it's like family guy had sex with Futurama and created some sort of like weird deformed baby. And it was a human. It was actually it a was live just, action show. Yeah, it was just a person. Like For whatever birthed, reason. It's like when Homer went into the third dimension and he was a human. Um, not really a human, but he was he was in the human world. Yes, he was that like weird, odd looking three D rendering. That scrub, that uncanny valley version <laughs> of Homer Simpson. Oh man! So yeah, so that's uh, that's it. I like so that's it. my five to three. I know much quicker than yours, unfortunately for me. Uh, you just have to listen to it. I can't yeah. like describe songs to you. No, it's fun. I mean, it, it you're you know you're not as knowledgeable as me. Yeah, that's true. Clearly, so. which is weird. It's which weird <laughs> considering that you have more knowledge on these TV mu- musicals than I do. Well, I really like, like I said, I like TV episodes. I, I, I can talk at length about that's that. true. That is true. So. Well, you can talk about at length about just anything. That is mean. That is fact. That's mean and hurts my feelings. That's good. Uh, so, <laughs> so my my number five to roll back through. My number five is uh, supernatural fan fiction. Supernatural fan fiction. Uh, my number four. Uh, was It's Always Sunny, The Nightman Cometh. The he, he does. Can you sing The Nightman Cometh? Uh, this is The Nightman, not The Day Man, <laughs> or something else, man. Yeah. That's uh, solid. I like that. And my number three is Scrubs, My Musical, or like Scrubs, it. My uh, 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 Musical. Sharks. <laughs> Sharks? I don't know. <laughs> it's from West Side Story or something. The Jets. Jets. Da, da, da. So, now that we've rattled off our top three, or our bottom three on both of our lists, our right. five through threes, it's time to hear from some sponsors, yo. Some the sponsors. I think we've got two that I really want to mention before we actually go into yeah. our commercial break. Do One it. is um, us. Yep. I think that, you know, we should hawk our stuff. You know, if you go onto our website, you can buy our, our shit from the store, which is awesome. But even more than that, come out to our high five colon the game nights at... At the Crying Wolf in East Nashville. Featuring Bill Murray Bingo, Bill bitches. Bill Murray Bingo, It's exactly comma, what bitches. it sounds like. It is bingo with Bill Murray characters. That's right. Hosted by yours truly's, and <laughs> it's the last Wednesday of every month. That's just, it's it's that simple. So you're if you're in the Tennessee area, specifically the East Nashville, Tennessee area, last Wednesday, every month, 
7.30. Come out to the Crying Wolf. Get some drinks. It's a free game you can play. Get some drinks. Get some food. Win some fucking prizes? Yeah. We we go all out. So have fun and come come and, and hang can out I with mansion, us. Mention, can I mansion? Can I mansion? It's palatial. Uh, can I mention, in addition to that, and actually a tie-in, somebody else that we want to give a good out sh- shout-out to, The Record Mill. Yeah. Um, awesome, awesome local artist here who makes some amazing handcrafted wearables out of vinyl records. Oh, man, they're and so have, good. have generously agreed to donate some prizes to our upcoming Bill Murray bingo Not night. just upcoming, every single one. That's right. They're there every time. You can win that shit, so check them out. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. And the it's Record Mill. And record it's with W-R-E-K-E-D. Get it? Yeah. It's a pun. Yeah. So check it out. So those people we would definitely yeah. like to, to put out there. But now we've got some second favorite sponsors that we wanna we want you to listen to and while we take a break, they I will be we'll be after these messages. Hello, governor. I'm a Hugo Moriarty. Yeah, that Moriarty. But not that Moriarty. I run a business called Hugo Moriarty's Pest Whisperers. Sometimes you may think, hey, those roach traps are really inhumane. Well, let me, t- let me have you this customer tell you about how I just convinced cockroaches to leave your house. Uh, one of my houses was completely overrun with cockroaches. And so I called Mr. Moriarty to come in and uh, give us one of those roach trapses. And what's weird is he doesn't exactly just, like, put out pesticides or anything. He actually played mind games with the cockroaches themselves and convinced them to actually just walk into the trap to their certain doom. It was incredible. So some say the rain in Spain falls mainly in the plains. But when I get down and I talk to those silverfish, I'm like, hey, silverfish, you shouldn't be here. This isn't your home. You should leave and walk into the foggy moors of wherever this house may be. So as I whisper to your pests, you can know that this house will be clear when I'm done. Just listen to this satisfied customer. Look, y'all, I'm not exactly sure what was going on by this guy, this, this Hugo Moriarty. But here's the thing. This guy's smart as shit. And I'll tell you what. All I had to do was hear his British accent, and I just knew this guy was fucking smart. All right, so he came right into my house. I had a whole fucking house just overrun with rats and cockroaches and all sorts of bullshit. It was crazy. Well, A, I live in a garbage can, but that doesn't matter. (laughs) So anyway, I call up old Hugo Moriarty, and I said, Hey, man, look, I got this pest problem. And he started talking all smarty and shit to me, and I almost fucking killed myself. (laughs) So that's what you can expect from Hugo Moriarty's Pest Whisperers. Do you have raccoons? Do you have silverfish? Do you have cockroaches? What about a plethora of ants? Well, I'll tell you one thing. A spoonful of sugar makes those ants commit suicide. Ants commit suicide and cyanide. Sponsors? Did you hear that shit? Or were you just all over our sponsor time? Yes. Fucking 
That's the, that's the answer. That's not that. how we keep sponsors, Jay. You know what? Those, but the sponsors we just listened to, I think they're okay with it. <laughs> Are they? Yeah, probably. We don't know them very well. You know what? They're newer, but I would think that they'd be fine with it, especially after they listen to this episode and hear my beautiful uh, pipes. <laughs> Um, your beautiful scatting. Yeah, if they're into scat play, hot five. I think they're just into water sports. They're into oh, scat gross. play. Uh, oh, so back, so back to our list. <laughs> <laughs> so we're to the top two now. That's it, man. This um, is the the big cojones. So my top two are may not be the best TV episode musical. They're my favorite. Let me just put it that way. Okay, they're the ones I laugh at the most. The ones that I enjoy. Flat out the most. Fair enough. Um, so my number two is South Park Elementary School Musical. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I one I love any South Park spoof episode. Sure. Um, and then Trey Parker and Matt Stone, if people who aren't aware, are so musically talented about picking up on themes and genres. I mean, South Park Bigger Longer Uncut the movie is a musical, and I think it caught Absolutely. everyone by surprise that it was a musical. Absolutely. You mentioned Book of Mormon earlier. They wrote a lot of that with the Avenue Q guys. Yep. So anytime that they add musical elements into South Park, I'm a big fan. I do love South Park. I've seen every episode of their show. Um, this one in particular is is brilliant in my mind because it's a direct spoof of High School Musical, and actually yeah. references High School Musical in the episode. Yeah. But it's all done through their elementary school and almost does a flip of the High School Musical story. So there's a kid, everyone loves High School Musical, musicals are the big thing, and there's a kid who's in the musicals whose dad is a big musical buff who wants to play basketball, which right. is an exact reverse flip, yeah. of the High School Musical. Which I loved. Which I lo- everybody knows, because High School Musical movies are, are fantastic. Just their cinema they're, um, classics. They're landmarks. They're behemoths. I think behemoth is a better word. Yeah. You just couldn't get away from them when they were around. That's true. Um, so, you know, it Zac gave Efron. Us, it gave us Zac Efron. It did give us that and his and his abs. Um, so, so, yeah, that's cool. Um, but one of the things that I really like about this episode is while the songs in it are not nearly to the quality of the songs and the craftsmanship of the movie or of Book of Mormon, it plays into the story as that kind of being the point that the sure. songs are banal and dumb singing about terrible things. The music is catchy, but the lyrics are really stupid and over saccharine. Right. And I and I love that because again, that's what high school musical is. So them spoofing it and not writing great songs is kind of the point. Oh, and for I, sure. I thought that was super funny. This is an episode of South Park that I can laugh at from beginning to end. And the the archetypes that they put in there are so funny. The the musical dad who's always like, hello, and a slappy, a slap, a slap, a slap. He's, he's, like, he's like beating his wife, but it's in a musical form, so it's ridiculous and terrible at the exact same time, which South Park does almost better than anybody. The sure. ridiculous mixed with the terrible. Um, and then I love, there's a part of that makes me laugh so hard, is when they're doing, they're dancing around, and he's like, stage freeze. Like, don't say stage freeze. Just just do it. It's like he says the stage direction. I I just thought I just thought that was great. And then always, as with the South Park characters, the four boys 
are the vocal piece for Matt and Trey. Yeah. And there's one episode where they're watching High School Musical, and Cartman just gets up, and he goes, this is cool. We're really old, you guys, because <laughs> they're in fourth grade and all the third grades love it. He's like, he goes, I'm done. If this is cool, I long, I no longer have any connection to this world. I'm going to go home and kill myself. Goodbye, guys. <laughs> Which is almost the exact feeling I had when the high school musical craze was going on. I'm like, this, this is what everyone's obsessed with? I'm done. Right. Like, I have no connection to this generation or this <laughs> world anymore. And – and then you killed yourself. Yeah, and then I killed myself. So this is my force ghost, right. uh, as always, on the show. R.I.P. Princess Leia. The Oh, man. Don't. We're talking about happy things, I'm man. sorry. I just said you just, said force ghost. And uh, just fucking. Moment of silence. Sorry. Okay, we're done. Um, <laughs> whoa. Oh, wow. I just I have to <laughs> get away. so fast. I, I have to get away from that, that thought because then the re- bring the rest of the episode down. Right, fair enough. One thing about this show, uh, one thing about this episode and why it's so high in my list is they have a bit, or they have basically the idea that I have always loved, and there's a great Saturday Night Live sketch about it, but it's that when musicals break out, there are people who are not a part of the musical that don't understand what's happening. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I think that is one of the funniest and smartest bits to write musical themes around. Absolutely. And th- like I said, there's a great Saturday Night Live bit where it's almost a West Side Story spoof, and there's two gangs facing off. And they're singing at each other, but one person doesn't know what's happening. He's like, how do you all know these dance moves? Like, did you meet when I wasn't around? And for whatever reason, however dumb it may be, I love that bit. No, I love that hilarious. idea. And they do it in every epi- every aspect of the show. Like, Stan will be ruminating on something that is like, oh, my girlfriend's going to leave me. Or, oh, this is he's going to you know be disconnected. And other kids start coming in behind him and snapping waiting for him to start an emotional song. He's like, no, we're not doing that. And he like stops them or everyone's singing and they're like, what is going on? And it's so funny. And the songs are so on point that it, and it's it's songs are throughout the entire episode It is literally a musical episode from beginning to end. And to be fair, South Park as a whole, like Trey Parker and Matt Stone, they Definitely have like a musical bent. They to do. Them. Cannibal the musical is like oh, one of my one favorite of the first things, things ever. They, oh, it's so good, so good. And they got to work with the Troma guys for that. Totally. Which was it's amazing. If you haven't seen Cannibal the musical, track it down, find it somehow, and watch it. It it's hard to get through in some parts, but it is hilarious. But the, and, and the then, songs are good. Then um, South Park Bigger Longer Uncut mm-hmm. is a musical. Oh man. Blame Canada is what I, I still listen to blame Canada when I'm like working or working out or anything I still listen like to that. uncle fucker, <laughs> yes. but it's, it's very well done. Yeah. Very good send up of musicals. Book of Mormon is a full on Broadway yes. musical. Oh man. And that's coming to town and I really want to go see it. They had some amazing, um, there was an episode where everybody in the town was talking about musicals where, oh no. It was the uh, Broadway for blowjobs episode. Yes, where everybody was like, "You got to take, you got to take your wives yeah. to." Get and it's like a bro. It's right. like they're they're all bros. All the like Rodgers and Hammerstein and all the composers are like super bros. That was the they secret know. they figured out how yeah. to put in the subliminal messages yeah. into it to make all the women want to give <laughs> everybody the husbands blowjobs. <laughs> but what's funny is, and my point to that is, I think uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker. 
they appreciate the musical genre so they can rightfully and from a point of knowledge do a really solid send up yeah. of musicals. Oh man, they, they very get it much and can. they appreciate it. You can tell they're fans of it. So who better to lampoon something than somebody yeah. who's a fan of something? Well, and the more you know about something and the more you like something, the more inclined you are to know and learn about that thing. So the fact that they know so much about it gives them the building blocks to make that a very accurate and hilarious send-up because they can find those little things that are ridiculous. Right, absolutely. They're, it's easier for them to find, especially the things that aren't just so on the nose – which other people may gravitate towards, they're able to think past those on-the-nose things and find subtle humor in it. And South Park is one of those shows that does the subtle humor and on-the-nose humor Super really well. well. Yeah. And they ba- they balance it through every episode. Absolutely agreed. So, solid number two. So that's my number two. I appreciate it, bro. And my number one um, is my favorite musical episode because it's one of my favorite shows. And you mentioned it. Always Sunny of Philadelphia, The Nightman Cometh. <laughs> I that show and that episode makes me laugh from note one to the very end of the episode. So I'm hoping you can speak more at length about it than I can. Sure, I mean I I love it. You mentioned it already. The, the songs in the episode are not only catchy, but they're directly in line with the humor of the show. Sure. And the premise of that episode is that Charlie writes a musical and he comes out of the back room in the very beginning with just stacks of napkins and notebook paper that he's written this musical in and nobody believes that he doesn't have an ulterior motive. He's like, no, people just write musicals. Like no one just writes a musical. And the rest of the episode is them putting it on and them not taking it seriously, but him taking it overly seriously. Sure. And it's, it's just so funny. And one of the things that I love about that episode in particular is that in that show, if you don't watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia, every character is extremely well-defined. So Charlie has his mannerisms, and they very, very seldom go away from the characters of who they are and what they stand for. Sure. You know, so Mac loves karate and is always, you know, super egotistical. And <clears throat> and D, sweet D is always trying to clarify and make herself look good and make herself look attractive. And Danny DeVito, Frank, Frank is just an abysmal abomination of a human being. Dennis is the most egotistical person you'll ever meet trying to make himself look the best. And when he finds out that Mac has two characters and he only gets one, he gets really upset. And it's every character in that particular episode is given a moment to shine hilariously and they do it well without taking away from anything in the episode. Let's actually give – so here is – I found the official synopsis of the play within – Okay, give it. Okay, so the, the play of The Nightman Cometh is a coffee shop princess is in love with a small man who has the characteristics of a little boy. One night – It's a ni- metaphor. <laughs> it's a metaphor. One night the nightman comes with permission from a troll and takes away his innocence. The little boy transforms into the Dayman and fights the Nightman. Dayman and the princess can be together in their love. Yeah, that's it. That's the synopsis that's the of the play. Synopsis. And there's so much of that taking away the innocence that like is rape involved. Yeah, but it does. It's not supposed to feel that way. D is incredibly obsessed with the idea that Charlie has written her. It looks like she's a pedophile. Good. Let's. I, uh, I even think she has a, sh- a point at one point where they're. Uh, they're arguing about the music, 
And she's like, he wants me to bang this baby. <laughs> Here, here's an example. Uh, so here is the princess speaking to the little boy in the play. What is this strange feeling? The boy responds with, I feel so strange inside. <laughs> the princess says, it's so strange but appealing. And the boy says, I feel good. And then the princess follows with, tiny boy, little boy, baby boy, I need you. <laughs> Tiny boy, little boy, I want to touch you, boy. I need you, boy, tiny boy, little boy, baby boy. I need you, tiny boy, little boy, want to make love to you, boy. (laughs) (laughs) And Charlie is so insistent that it's a metaphor, but it's so on the nose because Charlie sucks at everything. That's one of the jokes of the episode. And another thing, one of the reasons it's so high on my list is in all the other aspects and all the other episodes that I've mentioned – the musical aspects are better than the character's ability in music. For sure. And, you know, even in, like, uh, I'm sure in the ones you've mentioned as well, like in Scrubs, you know, Zach Braff in that show, his character is not extremely uh, no. musical, but he can sing really well in that one. In this episode, the musical that's written is literally the quality of a musical that Charlie's character would right. write. And the dialogue, as you've just said it, is so sophomoric and so ridiculous and unnecessarily vulgar. And then everyone else's abilities fall directly in line with what their characters would actually be able to do. Right. So for me, that's why. Because you've got Mac doing, he <laughs> keeps insisting that his character should do karate. <laughs> Across the stage. And through the whole episode, whenever they're practicing the songs, they all throw out ideas. Oh, oh, this should be an idea. This should be something that I do. And Charlie's like, no, that's not part of it. And then they just do it in the live performance. And it keeps cutting back to Charlie in backstage with just this visual hate. And he's like, I'm going to slap their faces (laughs) so hard. And then D, because she's so obsessed with being seen as molesting this boy she inserts her own song into the musical she's like just to clarify i don't bang little boys i'm single so talk to me after the show and she's just making it up on the spot which is brilliant it's oh it's just brilliant and it's funny and i think you mentioned it earlier even for people who aren't fans of the show and don't truly understand all the character beats or the character arcs. Sure. This is a great one to watch because every character is very well defined. It's very well within the realm of what they do in the show, but everyone has a moment to shine. Oh, definitely. And so it's an easy entryway into the show to truly understand what they all do. And then de facto spoiler alert to find out that Charlie's motives are to propose to the waitress that he's in love with. Right. Who hates him. Right. He blackmails her into going, saying, I won't stalk you anymore if you come if see you come my to musical. The musical. He proposes. She says no. And he says, well, I didn't sign anything, so I'm going to stalk you tomorrow. It's just brilliant and hilarious from beginning to end. It's That's why it's number one for me because I can watch it over and over again. I laugh every time. And it's just so in line with what the show is and what the characters are. And it never once pulls you out of the reality that they've built for that always sunny universe. I 100% so, couldn't agree more. So it's, it's, and I know it was number four on your list, but for me, it is the one that I can watch and enjoy the most every single time. I love it. So that's it. I'll go through my five, uh, my five to one. Okay. Um, so number five, Devil's Hands or Idol Play Things from Futurama. Number four, Regional Holiday Music from Community. Number three, Simpson Califragilistic Expialidocious from Simpsons. <laughs> Number two, Elementary School Musical from South Park. And number one, 
The Nightman Cometh from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I love it. Super solid list. So oh, yes. we'll get to my number two and one. I love it. Go. So here we go. My number two is Community. Yeah. Regional holiday music. Fist bump. Boom. So good, right? It is so good. Boopy and really, doop, doop, sex. you covered it so thoroughly that I don't sorry. even know that there's much that I have to say on it. I'm so sorry. No, it's t- don't apologize because it's brilliant. It should be discussed. I love community as a whole it. the show is brilliant from beginning to end even the dan Harmon list seasons while being different still enjoyable thanks to the cast that had already been put mm-hmm. in place it was still enjoyable you could tell that the ship kind of lost some direction right. but it was st- I-, I can still watch those seasons now one thing i will say let me insert this right here sure it's not something i mentioned in mine this episode of the show is in season three. Yes. This season three is, in my opinion, the strongest season of that whole show. Yes. Because season three is where they introduced like the uh, the foosball episode with the anime. Yep. It's where they – I think it's the one with the cat app. I think. I think so. It might not be. I think you're but right. But it definitely has what I think is the strongest episode of Community altogether is the alternate dimensions. Yeah, the darkest um, timeline. The darkest timeline. Which is the best written, best performed, best directed episode of the entire run. And this musical episode comes about three or four episodes later in that same season. Such a strong season of that show. And this just adds to that. I absolutely agree. Um, The show is awesome. Like you said, Taryn Killam as the Glee Club instructor. Fucking brilliant. Now, it's pretty well known that Dan Harmon doesn't like Glee. And that's why they make fun of it a lot. That's why he satirized it a lot is because he he hates that show. It's terrible. And to be perfectly honest, it is a terrible show. Like I enjoyed the first season because I'm such a musical fan. It's it's different. And they're talented. Let me give. Oh, the cast Glee credit where credit is due. The musical aspects of that show are very, very good. But here's where for me, Glee went wrong. The first season of Glee was presented as a heightened, cartoonized, and slightly subs- subversive version of what a high school glee club would be. It was it was satire. Mm-hmm. It felt bitey. Some of the humor was odd. Mm-hmm. It, sel- it felt uh, self-deprecating, like they were kind of making fun of right. this kind of thing. But then it actually became what it set out, I feel, to originally right. satirize. Like, it became a kind of squeaky clean yeah. wholesome let's just sing songs and dance around in every Except episode for uh, jane levy yeah who was the only one who really maintained yeah. that sardonic kind of tone from the you beginning. can watch the show after season one just for her for sure well no don't do that i mean just don't watch you could. watch a youtube clip <laughs> of <laughs> compilation of just her character she's moments. easily the best part of that show after season one but then easily. it became like yeah. just a legitimate teeny bopper drama it's like hip hip hooray glee club and i love the, uh, the community that we're talking about how they reference at least six times we're going to regionals but no one knows why or what it is and then yeah. even taryn Killam's like we're going to regionals and then we're going to semi-regionals then we go to nationals then we go to upstate East Coast National pre-qualifiers. And because that's the bullshit they yeah. would always talk about in Glee. Yeah. It was so on the nose because it was always like, oh, man, we've got to get to regionals. And it's yeah. just like, what the why? fuck are you talking about? <laughs> why? So that was super funny. Um, it is. It was the 59th episode of uh, Community. I'll just throw in some random facts. It was that season's Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. 
uh, which is great. I love community Christmas episodes. Very good. I fucking love the claymation Abed. Oh man, Abed journey so. into Abed's mind or yeah. whatever. Um, Abed's unbelievable Christmas or something like fucking that. Fucking hilarious and genius. Uh, if done by Starburns Industries, who also absolutely. did Anomalisa and um, Dave and Goliath. Davey, Davey, and Davey and Goliath. Davey and Goliath. Um, super super funny shit. Um, so yeah. So all in all, fantastic episode. Donald Glover is crazy talented. The whole cast is crazy talented. Well, and that was another. I mentioned it in mine, and I'll kind of go back to it because it pertains. It's the whole cast is talented. One of the things about that show that I loved is not only does the framing device around Glee, but the songs in it. Each character gets their own song. And it pertains so well to their character motivations. Oh, for sure. Like Shirley's song about being about Jesus. Right. Um, Donald Glover's song being a rap song. But the Pierce song, the Chevy Chase song about appealing to his generational narcissism. Yes. Talking about how he and his generation have created everything good about Santa for for decades upon decades. Right. It's so not only on the nose, but so observant. Yes. Of every character. And then, obviously, the Allison Brie. Which is fucking Which brilliant. is very meta because Allison Brie is easily the most attractive character on that show, putting her in the over-sexualized Barbie I don't know, doll Donald position. Donald Glover. I mean, okay, yeah. But putting her in the over-sexualized Christmas song, which is a staple yes. of some Christmas songs. For the, sure. The, like, the, the sex Mary, Santa baby yeah, kind of shit. The Merry Christmas Let's Fuck songs. Right, yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. it's just so perfectly done. Yes, I, I absolutely agree, and that is why it, for me, is on my number two spot. Because I would say Community, uh, it kind of, it, honestly, the Community kind of spoiled me for this list because I love the show so much. I think I just hold that episode in even higher regard oh, than I would a normal. It's, it's I'm up here musical to, episode. To mention Nightmare coming again, I'm up here. Right, I'm playing up here. Right, I'm playing piano we're, up here. We're now. up here. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, I know what your number one is. Uh, do you? I know. Do you want to say it for me? I know without a shadow. I don't know the name of the episode, but I know. Oh, no. I do know the name of the episode. All right. Lay it on me. What's my number one? Your number one is Once More With Feeling, Buffy the That Empire is 100% correct. High five. High five. You know me. And now, before I let you go, the reason that I do not have this on my list, and okay. I know you are seething. Defend that shit. You are seething with anger because I, I don't have it. I am not as big of a fan of this show as you are. Not okay. that I have anything against the show. It was just never one that I really dove into. Kind of like Scrubs. I don't have sure. any animosity or hate for people who like it. It's not like, ooh, how can you like that show? But it's not one that I ever watched. So while this might be the best musical episode of a TV show that's been done, for me, it's not one that I can heartily enjoy sure. as much as the others that I've enjoyed. Also saying that, let me be clear, I think their framing device for that episode might be the smartest that's ever been done, and it pertains to the show's Directly. theology so well that it might structurally be the best. I, I – all so, right. Perfect. Without you being angry No, I me, appreciate that That's setup. why I don't have it on my list, but why I also appreciate it and want you to talk about and it. And I, I can be totally okay with that. So basically, here's the rundown. Buffy – you are. I'm so proud of you that you knew a that you knew that I was gonna say that, and b that you remember the title of it. I just know you very well. Once more, you do. You know me from the inside. Gross. Uh, once more with feeling. Boys hole is the. You gotta pay that troll toll. Uh, is the seventh episode in the sixth season of Buffy, um, and it is 
the only musical episode in that series, which is funny because you would think that the series, because of the framing device they used in for this, it lends itself so easily to it. Basically, the gist is there is a talisman in the magic shop uh, that these kids frequent um, that houses the ability to call forth a demon who whose sole purpose is to sing and dance people into oblivion, into spontaneous yeah. combustion. He enchants them into song and dance until they die. Until they die. Until they combust. Yeah. So they dance and they sing. They dance so fast that it just keeps speeding up, speeding up, speeding up, and then they combust and they die. And so th- what's funny is, A, these ca- these songs talk about, just like in Community, songs being tailored and really helping to develop the characters mm-hmm. that are singing them. Each character mm-hmm. in this sh- series gets a song that is perfectly tailored and really kind of sets up um, their entire character's uh, motions moving forward, what they're about. It really kind of epitomizes right. who their character is. Which, to musicals point, you know, and I, I know that I'm not the musical guy, but among most of us, but that's sort of the point of musicals. I mean, Futurama references it. It's like you can't just have characters announce how they feel, but that's what musicals do. Musicals sure. take songs and announce exactly what the dark deepest darkest emotions and true wants and desires of a character are in you know a beautiful song or an arrangement and you know they do this in this show absolutely i 100 percent agree um so first off uh joss whedon another big musical fan mm-hmm. um he is responsible for dr horrible's sing-along blog which is great. You can also see his musical chops in the first Avengers movie. That whole thing is a musical, if you didn't know. Yeah, 100%. Go watch it. Go watch it again. First drop acid, then watch it. And it's all it's all music. <laughs> it's all <laughs> musical. All right, so. I love Hulk's number. <laughs> um, so, wow. That just threw me. I'm actually picturing, like, the Hulk dancing around. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, in that song, you know, the camera's spinning around them. Absolutely. You know, it's it's seen from above. It is. And Hulk. And they burst out into just yeah. a Busby Berkeley number yeah. where they're all synchronized and they're yeah. just swimming on the ground. You know, honestly, when Hulk sings his ba- beautiful ballad, You Wouldn't Like Me When I'm Angry, it brings a tear. It does. <laughs> and then eye. it ends with that sad Hulk music. <laughs> Um, so basically the gist of this is a demon is summoned, um, and the whole episode, so for those who are fans of the show, um, those who are not, spoiler alert. So go ahead and pause. If you're marathoning Buffy, you've never watched it, pause right now. All right. For those of you who have not paused, uh, Buffy has died in the series and her friends have brought her back to life. So she has died, was buried was dead for a while, was decomposing, and they have cast a magical spell and have brought her back to life because originally the series was supposed to end um, on season five. Mm. Um, it didn't. It got picked up for more, and so the season continued. But they had uh, ostensibly killed their main character. Which is a problem for many shows. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Especially when the show is named Buffy. Right. It's like when they killed House at the end of season three of House. Right. You just can't do that. Yeah. Um, so they bring her back to life. Now, what I thought this show did so smartly was, um, and, it, and it makes for some beautiful character moments in this episode particularly, but um, the friends bring her back because they miss her. 
but they don't really think about the fact that maybe she was in heaven. Oh, nice. And so when they bring her back, you might. She's not happy. She's not happy. And when you think about that, you're like, because you're like, oh, Buffy, that's a silly, crazy show. But you're like, that's that's a heavy concept. You know what I mean? Like, what if I didn't want to come back? You know what I mean? I understand you're sad. What if that was my only opportunity to be in heaven and now you fucked me? <laughs> and so now I'm back here on earth doing what? Continuing to fight demons and have to run every day of my life to try and survive and protect all of you? <laughs> thanks. Like, fuck you. Thanks, you know what I mean? No thanks. And so there's this really underlying <laughs> thing where Buffy's come back and she's feeling very like emotionally cut off from everybody because what is her life for at this point? She's feeling useless. Like she died, she went to heaven, nobody knows that. She's kept it from her friends because she doesn't want them to have to live with the guilt of knowing that they pulled them out of heaven, which is also nice. super fucking heavy. You know what I'm saying? Um, so they have these awesome musical numbers. One of my favorite songs ever uh, called I'll Never Tell, which is character Xander and Anya who are getting married. Uh, and Anya is a former demon. She's now human. Nice. And Xander is kind of the goofball, lovable fuck up of the group. Right. Um, He's the Joey Tribbiani. Yeah, yeah, this is actually Jordan and I's song. Nice. Um, But in the song, they sing these awesome things about, uh, it's called I'll Never Tell, and it's talking about these secret fears that they have about getting married to each other. And they're singing it in this kind of like 50s-ish kind of dancey number um, that's kind of like a, I don't know, White Christmas style kind of like song and dance thing. Fred Astaire kind of thing. Love it. Um, but they're singing about things that they're worried about. Like um, there's a really clever line where Xander says um, one of his fears is, is he marrying a demon, which he is. <laughs> and then he says, we could really raise the bar in making marriage a hell. Ah, uh, clever. Which is hilarious. Which is actually a song taken straight from So I Married an Axe Murderer. Yes. Yes. <laughs> 100%. Uh, Which is also a musical, if people didn't know. Yeah. Once again, just drop shrooms and watch. Watch So I Married an Axe When you drop shrooms, every movie is a musical. (laughs) That's right. Um, So, really funny song. uh, My kids love this musical. They sing the music all the time. It's really well-produced and well-done songs. Um, They're good on their own. Spike has a good song where he's talking about um, being in love with Buffy and how, you know, she's always just only coming around when she needs something and she doesn't realize that he's in love with her. It's just this very like kind of sappy cool stuff. But um, they even have a song on there um, where, so not only has it enchanted this group, but it's enchanted the whole town. So they have a very funny moment where the camera leaves the magic shop where everybody's talking and you just see this guy and probably a group of like 10 other people dancing with their clothes from the dry cleaners and the guy literally just sings that they got the mustard out. <laughs> yeah, I like that. And it's hilarious. And then there's another woman singing to a parking attendant as he's writing her a ticket and she's begging for him not to write her a ticket. And then the song also ends that that little bit ends with a song where she's like, "Hey, I'm not wearing underwear." <laughs> like she tries to like persuade him with sexual favors. But it's really Boopy funny. Doopy doop doop sex. And the demon is this awesome, like, kind of zoot suit wearing, sly kind of jazz demon. So and like Neil uh, Neil Patrick Harris's music meister from Batman. Y- yes, definitely. It's it's pretty badass. Um, 
but the whole musical is fantastic. It's a it's very special to my heart. Right. Uh, it was actually something that uh, Jordan and I watched our very first date. Aww. We watched and got drunk and sang it together. Aww. And so it is the Adorable. epitome of my number one. Like yeah, this that, is, that's number one. It right holds there. that. It holds that spot. You know. Um. So that's why it's it's incredibly well done. It's smart. It's clever. Joss Whedon's genius. Um. Everybody actually sang. Nice. For it, which a lot of times is like not that. not yeah. the case, um, it is just fantastic. So please, everyone, go watch it, and uh, hey, drop shrooms or acid while you do it too. It can, also, while it you can listen only to the make podcast. it better, listen to our podcast and it's a musical. Every episode is a musical. Yeah. So that's my number two and my number one. So run uh, back my, through my my list. Here we go. Uh, number five is supernatural fan fiction. Number four is it's always sunny. The nightman cometh. Number three was Scrubs, my musical. Number two was regional holiday music from Community. And number one is Buffy, once more with feeling. <laughs> I love it. That's a good list. Thanks, man. I'm glad I, I was able to predict your number one. I was, too. That actually that actually makes me feel pretty good. <clears throat> I'm, I'm happy that I project that out into the ether. So this is an awesome episode, man, and I'm I'm super jazzed that we got a chance to not only a branch out to a brand new subject matter for us TV, but we got to talk musicals, which yeah. is one of my favorite things ever. And when uh, we come back from the break, we're gonna sing some. That's gonna be amazing because you know what time it is? It's it's commercial break time, but followed by that, it's our favorite time. Yep. It's game time, motherfuckers. So before this commercial break, as always, go check out BeardMoney.com. Their new stuff is amazing. Uh, if you use the code high five at checkout, you'll get 20% off and can't recommend them enough, especially if you have a beard or know someone with a beard. So go check out their stuff and then we'll be right back after these commercial breaks. We'll be right back. In a world where stories are repeated. And studios are ready to take your money. Come watch a movie starring Tom Cruise and Megan Fox and Explosions. Also starring Will Smith, based off of a popular 80s television show that was then remade into a popular 90s television show that two years ago was rebooted into a movie trilogy featuring the same guy that played Anakin Skywalker but now featuring Will Smith. And go to the movie and see explosions and boobs and other things that you like, we promise. We purchased Hasbro, and now it features Transformers and Monopoly. Taking place in the Marvel and Nickelodeon and Disney and DC universes combined. What about my Little Pony. Do you also like that? Good, because that's in this movie, too. <laughs> Cash Grab, the movie. Featuring everything we could possibly think to make you buy it. Directed by Michael Bay. Coming in 2016. Back. We are back. Back. We are still back. Back again from commercials.
We got nominated for an Emmy right there. <laughs> Holy shit. That was our musical yeah. episode. It was. This Just is our right musical. there. That was it. That was it. That's all we needed. I love it. So you I ready to play too. a game? I am so fucking ready for games. This is like our second game of the second season. It feels good, too. I love it. It feels like this is going by so quickly. It feels like we've only done two. I know. Well, we have only done two. Oh, that's probably why it feels like that. Cool. Though, I guess. But okay, so for today's game, I've actually framed it around musicals, and Love I'm gonna it. force one of us to show off our musical chops, Solid. if you will, Love our it. vocal pipes. Love it. So uh, I've named this this game the song song mm-hmm. parentheses song off. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So what I've asked the songs the song 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 off. So what I've asked you to do is we each have five trivia questions related yep. to movie musicals, and we're gonna ask each other those five. Whoever gets the lowest score is then punished by having to sing along to a musical song, Perfect. whether or not we know the words. Love it. You're not allowed to be silent at any point during when singing is happening. Unless the, unless there are no lyrics. That's what I'm saying. Point. When singing is happening, oh, yes, yes, you have it. to be singing, even if it's nonsense words. Sold it. So you, you're forced to sing into the mic. For as long as humanly possible. I am so in. Awesome. I couldn't possibly be more in. So I'm going to ask you my five. Okay. Then you're going to ask me your five. Okay. We're going to tally up the scores, and whoever gets the best out of five wins, and the other person is Has to sing. Solid. We're Let's adding do it. some Bring punish- it. We're adding punishments into the game this evening. Nice. So my game face is on. Yeah, you better be. <laughs> okay. So you ready? Yep. My question number one. Okay. And you'll probably know all of these because you know more about musicals than I do. In Cabaret, uh-huh. what does Liza Minnelli say makes the world go round? Money. One for one. Number two, uh-huh. how many musicals have won Best Picture at the Oscars? Oh, fuck. This I don't know. This is a tough one. Uh, six. No, it's nine. Fuck. Nine? I mean, it's a big one. That's number. awesome. Yeah, I know. That's much more than So I way thought. to go. Uh, so one for two. Okay. Number three, what actor... Sang "Make 'Em Laugh" and singing in the rain. Oh, Buddy Hackett. Nope. Or, oh, you want guess? Donald O'Connor. Fuck. It's it's O'Connor. Yeah. I was Buddy Hackett even in "Singing in the Rain"? No. <laughs> <laughs> Who sings "Make 'Em Laugh"? Jim Carrey. <laughs> I was thinking. I was thinking of the Music Man. No, I love it. I love it. Okay. All right. One Fuck. for three. Who composed the music for The Lion King? Uh, Tim Rice. Elton John. Not all of it, though. I mean, he's 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 credited as the composer for the main songs. We're going to have to go to the books on that one. If you want, we can. <laughs> we, you can call a mulligan on that one. I'll give you two for two. That's all right. Two I for call, four. I won't call a mulligan. Okay. It's fine. It's Elton John. Elton John. Number five. In the movie Grease, what is the name of the T-Birds rival gang? Oh, of the T-Birds rival gang? Yeah. So you've got John Travolta's yeah. gang, the T-Birds. They have a rival that they race. Yeah. And Thunder Road, who is that rival gang? Oh, fuck, I don't know. I don't know. The Scorpions. Scorpions. Damn oh. it! All right. Well, it looks like I'm one be... for five. That's... Now, if I get two right, you win. You're singing. Yeah, and I, I get the questions I gave you were super easy. So you... I don't think mine were I too definitely, hard. I definitely, definitely am gonna be singing. But let's. Go I ahead. have it's a fine. great song for you to sing. Good, too. good, good, good. <laughs> I'm excited. All right, ask me your questions. Oh, is that it? Was yeah, that that's, five already? That's five. Oh, okay. Wow, that went quick. Yeah, it did. Because right, the song's going to last a little while. Uh, all right, my number one question. The Wiz was released as a film in 1978, starring who as Dorothy? 
um oh oh my god in heaven is is it um is it whitney it is diana ross damn it (laughs) so close though oh no all right in which musical would you find the character norma desmond oh lord (laughs) in heaven these were your gimmies um Uh norma desmond um uh uh the music man sister act oh which musical depicts the story of a group of hippies living a bohemian life in New York City? Godspell. Eh. Rent. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> we may have a sing-off. <laughs> a song-off. Which musical tells the story about students at New York's High School of the Performing Arts? Um. Oh, oh Lord. I actually do know this one, and Amanda's going to kill me if I get it wrong. Um, dun, 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 dun. Oh, oh, oh no! Fame. You're gonna live forever. Yes, you got it right. Fame. <laughs> yep. So you got one so far. If we tie, we both have to sing. I'm, I'm fine with that. <laughs> All right. And my last question, and the tiebreaker potentially. <laughs> oh my god! It's like we planned this. Who Who wrote the lyrics for Jesus Christ Superstar? Um, <laughs> is it Alan Menken? Oh, no. It's Tim Rice. I even <laughs> said Tim Rice earlier. Oh, no. It's a tie. It is a tie. We both got one. We have to sing. We both have to sing. Now. All right. So how do we want to do this? Do you want to reveal what your song is to me? Yeah. I'll, okay. I'll re- Since you lost first, okay. I'll reveal my song to you, and then you can sing it, and then you'll reveal your song to me. Okay. So my song for you, my punishment song, uh-huh. is Beauty School Dropout from Greece. Nice. I yeah, actually know that you. one by heart. So oh, really? Yep. Good. So that will be easy. So I we'll really don't know that by heart. No. I was <laughs> totally being sarcastic. Fantastic. <laughs> so I will hold this up so you can hear it in the microphone. Okay. And then um, we'll sing. It's like a four-minute long song. So we'll just sing like the first verse to the refrain. Okay. Like first verse through the refrain. Okay. All right. You ready? Yes. You got the volume up there? I think so. For now. All right. Stories sad to tell A teenage ne'er-do-well Most mixed-up non-delinquent On the block (laughs) Your future's so unclear now What's left of your career now Can't even trade in on your smile Bottom Da da dum Da da dum Dum Da da dum Beautiful dropout <laughs> Graduation day for you Beauty school dropout Yes, in terms and shampoos, <laughs> time to wash and clean your clothes up, spending all of it, just have the doctor fix your nose up, <laughs> get moving, <laughs> feeble, feeble prey, <laughs> what, 
I'm pooping. <laughs> James, but not the drive. Go to your diploma. You will join a steady crew. Your two, your t I almost said taser comb. Turn in your taser comb and go back to high school. <laughs> Nicely That was pretty good. Done. That was I, I think I had a, had you convinced on the first part that I was going to blow through this you, song. <laughs> I thought you were auditioning. <laughs> it I was pretty solid. That was very, very well. Thanks. High five. High five. All right, that was my, fun. What's my punishment song? Uh, yours, I chose uh, Sweet Transvestite. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know any other words to this. This is going to be great. So uh, this is the classic Sweet Transvestite from Rocky Horror Picture okay. Show. So I'm going to go ahead and cue this up, and we will... Uh, We'll get to it. Let's see here. I don't. This is gonna be uh, abysmal because I don't know any other words to this. Really? I you, mean, I know you're a Rocky Horror. I know this song, but I don't know the lyrics. So it's gonna be, it's gonna be great. All right. So let's get it queued up. Let me make sure my volume's up here it for you. It is not. And here we go. Now, the man. The natural. Sweet little diamonds. Go with the old cousins. He's the usual. Dandy man. Dandy man. I'm still with it going. I'm touching it by its cover. Still with the man. We're judging. Die with mother's hands. Yes. Like that. My mother of hoppers. I'm just a sweet transvestite <laughs> from transsexual Transylvania. Let me do a minute. And I'm taking something, Bennett. And, and the things in motion. One is as others take my lovers. And take my Tam and then Tim Curry. I want to know what's in Prince. Here we go. Come on, Tim. It hurt. Yeah. He. Where are we? Are. Went to our car. And you know, Nancy. Uh, we worry. Get the spot. I don't know the lyrics. I'm gonna take it on the muffins. Lost in the moons and winter water in the ocean. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. Man, <laughs> <laughs> I told you that was a beautiful thing. Thank you. I think it's a great way to end our second episode. <laughs> I do too. And I just wish that it would be possible for people to be in here <laughs> watching us sing and perform those as we did. I, like I said, I knew some of the words. It was <laughs> like, nice. Like handyman. Yeah. You definitely got <laughs> the refrain. I'm a sweet transvestite. Yeah. From transsexual Transylvania. That's the part. I, I was. I felt good about that part. Yeah, you looked good <laughs> doing that part. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Which is weird because I am wearing my like leather bodice. <laughs> it's weird. It was so. But what a coincidence, yeah, right? It's just thematically you just perfect. Chose that one know. for me. Odd. But Ooh, yeah, man. I need to go take a nap. So awesome musicals. Awesome good stuff. TV good. <laughs>
Joey, <laughs> bad. Jay, singing. Jay, eh. bad at singing. Uh, so, yeah, this was fun, man. So let's tell people how they can reach out to us if they feel so inclined. Sure. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash high five the podcast. You can find us on Twitter at high the number five the podcast. Or you can search us on Instagram for high five the po- podcast as well. Or just flat out email us. Um, make fun of my singing for my five at high five the podcast.com. Uh, tweet out Facebook and email us if you have favorite episodes of TV shows that were musicals that we didn't mention. There are more out there than I would have imagined. So, Or even uh, if we did mention it, please email us. Tell us your thoughts yeah, on them. We the want to hear. The field is ripe. We don't give a shit, but we want to hear it. The field is ripe. But also remember when you're using those uh, addresses and handles and whatnot, the only one with the actual number five in it is the Twitter handle. Everything else is spelled out. All letter rows, no numeros. Yeah. yeah. So do it. Cool. Go go do stuff. Also, come see us at the fucking Crying Wolf. Yeah, why not? I mean, it, every it's, it's last fun. Wednesday of every month. It's pretty fun. It's okay. It's not great. It's pretty good though. It's pretty good. I would actually say it's pretty great. It's the greatest. Yeah. Fucking great. Awesome. I guess the end. Bye. Dun, 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 the end. And now we've come to the end. So get the fuck out. And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happens in the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.